Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play team. This actual play uses the 5th edition Vampire the Masquerade tabletop role-playing rules by World of Darkness. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Listeners should know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience and will include strong language and mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and so forth, that may bear resemblance to entities living, dead, or undead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Rena Henzi, and for tonight's game, I will be your storyteller. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Old Ways Podcast's Vampire the Masquerade Chronicles, Shards of San Francisco. I'm your storyteller, Storyteller Rena, and uh, tonight we have death, doom, and destruction to get into. But first, I'd like to thank all of our listeners and all of our Patreon supporters for all of the support that you give us verbally, financially, etc. We couldn't do this without you, and if you would like to support us on Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast, where we have many other deathly delights for your ears. And now we should get into said death, doom, and destruction, but first, some introductions to my right. Hi, this is Mike. I play Marcus Voss of Clan Bruja. And to Marcus's right. Hi, this is John. I'm playing Sylvester LaViolette of Clan Gangrel. And at the end of the table. Hi, my name is Tegan, and I'm playing Rom, the shaman of Clan Malkavian. And next to Rom. Hi, this is Ali, and I play Katerina Bogdanovich of Clan Toreador. Next to Katerina. Hello, hello. My name is Bridget, and I am playing Monica West of Clan Salubri. And last but never least. This is Tiffany, and I play Alex Giovanni of Clan Hakata. Indeed. Excellent. So we resume our story this evening at the opening night party for Mackay Gardens, owned by one Monica West. It had been a quiet-ish, interesting night, invite-only at this particular party. Monica, perhaps feeling a bit of anxiety wandering around, what could possibly go wrong tonight? Creepy children with dolls... That sort of thing. Sir Roger had just departed into the storm outside when Mariam, the chief of Clan Gangrel in San Francisco, had walked in soaking wet, very determined, on straight up to Marcus and announced in a fairly quiet voice that not, and not everyone else could hear, Fuzzy is dead. Someone apparently has headed out for the leader of the Oakland Bears. So let us resume this particular event and see where it takes us. So Marcus, you are talking to Mariam. She's soaking wet. There's thunder outside. The storm has just rolled in. She doesn't seem to be paying attention to anyone else. Her attention is wholly focused on you. There are a few people who are kind of leaning in as if trying to hear what's going on, but not too obviously. So the the general gist of anything that happens in kindred society, which is such and such happens, and then everybody sort of does their best, you know, moonwalk impression and leans in. Well, I'll turn to and give the chief my full attention and say, do we know where? Just outside Castro. Idiot must have been drinking someone who was on a lot of booze because some hunters jumped him from what we gather. That's what we've got. And she points to the window where you can see a couple pigeons just clinging on to the balcony. That's what I get from them anyway. She looks very angry. Mariam does not lose her calm very often, but she's very obviously pissed off. Yeah, I can imagine. I guess I would... I'll step a little closer to her and say uh, the caster is a district protected by a very specific kindred. I know. And that's why the bears spend most of their time there. But he went out. 
chasing some stupid human on a bike. Maybe he thought that after the events in Elysium last night, it would be fine. But our hunter problem is becoming an epidemic. I apologize for interrupting you at a social event. However, you can see the hackles kind of rising on the back of her neck. I'm very much in the mood for a hunt at the moment. And I don't think it would be a good idea. So I came here instead. Well, uh, the matter was something we were going to discuss. Given the circumstances, something that needs to go to directly to... Uh, How do they know who we are, Marcus? How do they find us? Likely because people have been flippant with their lifestyles. People have chosen a more obvious path. And that has drawn them in. It's possible that others have spoken words, tipped people off. I don't have anything that corroborates it completely yet. We're going to have to shut some things down fairly quickly, I think. I don't disagree. All right, I'm going to go corral the rest of them. See what I can do and get my people out of the park for the moment till we figure out what to do next. Sure. Do things on your end. She looks around, just kind of suddenly realizing exactly the kind of atmosphere that she walked into. Sylvester. Yeah, I've, I've heard she's here and I've just appeared. <laughs> <laughs> the little gremlin just appeared out of nowhere. All right. As long as we can keep things quiet for the next couple days until we figure out what to do. <sighs> keep an eye for more pigeons. Certainly. And she's, she passes you a watch that Fuzzy used to wear. He ashed, which is probably for the best. Definitely. Her eyes glint a little, slight tint of red, and she shakes her head and takes a deep, unnecessary breath and says, I need to go. I'll be in contact. She turns on her heel. She nods at you in a veneer of politeness, Monica, since you're the one hosting this party and she just marched in uninvited and she leaves. At the point that she's probably looking at the place that Monica was sitting, Monica is gone. You don't kick in doors at her house like that and she sits in place. She sprang up the minute the cold air hit the uh, atmosphere. Where did she go? First order of business, the second the boot hit the door, um, she would have put two hands on Alex's wrist and said, please excuse me. And she is going to jump up and go grab her chief ghoul, Keith. And it's just very quickly, wherever he is in the room, she's going to scuttle to him and say, I want every member of the herd and I want every ghoul out in the next 20 minutes. Go. And she's going to kiss him, you know, right on the nose and push him away. He nods and bolts off. They've practiced this kind of scenario before. Mm -hmm. We've had them practicing, so they know exactly what to do. Yeah, so once Keith is mobilized and she knows that that's in play, this party is going to close down in about 25 minutes. Um, she's going to look across the room really fast and throw a glance at Chase just to see how he's responding to the new information and energy that's coming into the room. Chase has been standing in a corner watching things without appearing to listen in, but he is listening. And he just raises both eyebrows at you across the room, Monica, and he nods. Uh, she will return the nod, and there's a moment when she's looking at him in the corner, and she's like, yeah, I might have pushed this one too far. I'll address that later, and then she's just going to make sure that the herd and the ghouls are on their way out the door. So the ghouls begin assembling and slipping out front door, back door. No one, all, no one goes out the same door at the same time, just for safety's sake. The rest of you see just everyone beginning to melt away. At least all the humans are beginning to melt away. And some of the other kindred that are that are here just kind of looking around. The, the, the mood has dissipated, that sort of party atmosphere. And so Malarkey comes up to you, Monica, and smiles awkwardly. All the cats are following him in a herd. All of them. Uh, a couple of other kindred have almost tripped over the cats, but they don't seem to care. She, and he just says, uh... Uh, do you do you need help with with with, with anything? Uh, we can we can um, uh, I, I I don't know. Uh, I, I can slip into a wall and keep an eye out if you need extra security or something. I don't know. Um. Hey, can you help me close this party out? 
I can do that. I'm very good at shutting things down, even unintentionally. Okay, let's let's add some intentionality behind that and let's shut this down. He gives you two thumbs up and he turns around, goes over over to Jean, whispers something to her. She nods and the members of Clan Lasombra who are here, along with Esmeralda, start going around and tapping people on the shoulder, whispering something and people just nod, go out the door, get their coats, whatever, and the party begins to clear out. Esmeralda is starting to look a little riled up, Marcus. Uh-huh. You can hear her voice echoing around the building at this point. She started off whispering, telling people to go, and now she is saying in a very loud voice, get out. Rom is already gone. Alex kicks her, kicks their feet up on the table and leans back. A young Lasombra with a herd of cats just comes on and says, um, I, I think maybe you want to leave. I think you may want to ask Monica that first. He looks around. Oh, she didn't tell me not to. Okay. And <laughs> looks very intimidated by you and just sort of slips away into the herd of cats. Okay. Rom's gone. Baron's there. Katarina's there. He's, he's ticking people off on his fingers just as he's checking. Um, Mr. Love Wallet, Yes. Are you supposed to be here right now? I'm just heading out. And he's just going to <laughs> make a beeline for where uh, Mariam was. And he's just going to, at pace, track her down. <laughs> All right. So Sylvester heads out into the rain to find Mariam. Rom has already disappeared. No one knows where he's fucked off to. And... Well, I mean, well, I mean, Jane just left right before all of this went down because she got bored. Remember? Mm-hmm. So Rom's gonna go see if Jane's out there because I'm pretty sure that was his ride. And now that now that Jane is gone, Rom's gonna have to like find another way to get home. So yeah, Rom knows where that's he's true. Going. Okay, so Malarkey comes back to you after a couple minutes. Monica and says, "Um, uh, M- Mix Giovanni." said to ask you if they were supposed to leave or not? Oh, Justin. Yeah. No, they're fine. I need to get okay. something for them. Are you okay? Thank you for this. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm gonna go home. Okay. And make sure the house is safe because I'm feeling very uncomfortable right now. Yeah. He just turns and walks away without waiting for you to say anything. Oh, Justin. Awkward babies. And he takes all the cats with him. So it is now just a couple of you left. Chase, Monica, Jean is still there. Esmeralda's still there. Alex has their feet up on a table. <laughs> the Baron and uh, Katarina are there. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've got nothing else left to do here, so mm-hmm. taking off. Okay. So Marcus and Katarina, you leave. Jean pauses for a minute to check in with you, Monica, before she heads out. Says, uh, great party. Anything you need? I know this was probably a bit uncomfortable. You should be safe at home, right next to us, but are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay, Jean. Thank you for asking. I'm fine. It's... Makai Gardens doesn't accommodate that type of energy, and that could have gone a couple different ways very quickly. So it's just easier to shut something down when it hits that point. Absolutely. And I think considering the news we just got, it's better to close down larger gatherings for the moment anyway. I'll be in touch. Let Justin know if you need anything. I will. And she slips out into a shadow. Esmeralda nods at you awkwardly across the room and bolts. Oh. So she misses the awkward, like, seven-year-old way from the shoulder that Monica is going to throw her. But at least that awkward moment is also a past for them both. Good. And and the literal awkward seven-year-old way from Annalise in the corner. Fuck the damn child! And <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like she had repri- reprioritized, like, her fires to put out. And she can only put out one at a time. And it was evacuating the ghouls and the hurt. Okay, so she needs to run to the refrigeration unit in the back. Uh, because now that she's taken over restaurants, she has several of those now, which would be awesome. She's going to pull out a very long, it looks like a rose stem box, like one of the long, narrow ones. 
that she has bowed up for Alex, and she is going to walk that back out and sit down at Alex's table and slide that in front of him. Alex probably looks a little awkward, which would be a first, but yeah, uh, I guess then they will uh, look at Monica and then open the gift. Uh, Opening the box, it is like a rose box that she just repurposed, but on the inside, there are 20 Capri Sun-sized blood bags that have all been labeled with the different ghouls that donated it to it. Uh, You couldn't eat here, so I figured I would send you a fleet home to go with. Oh, well, thank thank you. That's very thoughtful. It comes with an ask, though. A big one. Well, at least you're catching on. I don't know if that's a compliment or not, Alex. What do you need? Can you take Annalise back to the house? To your house or to a house? To my house. Yeah, you still want to watch after her? And she's going to throw a glance to wherever devil child is in the room. I know in text message you said that I couldn't save her. And to a certain point, I know that you're right. But due to recent levels up, there's a really good chance that I actually could save her. I think there's a way that Chase and I could actually help her. Okay, but do you want this for the rest of forever? She's not going to grow up. Alex, I'm having a really, really hard time even projecting out till tomorrow. The best I can do is where I am right now in this moment. And tonight, I would really appreciate it if you could take her home and not kill her. Well, I wouldn't do it, but okay, I will take her home. And she's going to lean over the table and just put her forehead against yours to say thank you. Yeah, just remember if she steps out of line, I know somebody's going to deal with her. I know, I know. Salubris have interesting powers, and I'm just coming into my own with a few new ones. There's a possibility I could actually fix her. Well, that would be interesting. Well, I'll let you try, if that's what will make you feel better. She doesn't really know how to take that statement, but she's going to go ahead and accept it. Thank you. So I'll gather up all my things and go over to Annalise and tell her, uh, come on, kid, you're getting in the car. You're scary. I know. Okay. She slides off the chair, which is too big for her. Still clutching that broken doll. Why do you have that doll? Why don't you have a new doll? Because this one's mine. Okay. I fixed it a lot. I bet. I'm surprised it's not dust. She clutches it tighter. Okay, where are we going? You're going home. Okay. Not your home. Monica's home. I don't have a home anymore. Somebody burned it down. What a shame. For them. Oh, yeah, right. Books, Tremere, doing your spooky stuff. You're one to talk about spooky. It's all a matter of perspective. Okay, spooky squad. And she follows you out the door. (laughs) Yep, and then I will drive her to... Yeah, Monica's place. Sylvester, you went running out after Mariam when she left. Mm-hmm. She's moving a little bit faster than normal. She usually has this kind of unhurried, unbothered sort of pace. But in her more agitated state, even with her control holding, it's not surprising she's moving a little bit faster than normal. But you're able to track her. She's not hiding from you. It's not like she's disappearing into the literal dirt somewhere at the moment. You follow her out to a park and she's got a car parked there, an older beat up car that she doesn't use very often, only when she's in a hurry. And as you come up to the park, she's got her hand on the door and she stops. Her nostrils flare a little bit and she turns and says, so what are we going to do about this problem, Sylvester? My plan has been to root it out. This is what I wanted to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. You see, boss, my idea. Get in the car. Let's talk in, in in the car first. All right. She opens the door, just listening ears. So what's your plan? I'm going to wear a target. I'm going to do some muggings and feed and maybe leave some upside down crosses. I'm going to be what they look for. I'm going to be an easy spot. 
you know, not a masquerade, not a masquerade breach, nothing like that. Well, she looks a little alarmed at the notion of I'm going to be a target. It's like no masquerade breaches, just things that they would look for. Do you know where they're coming from? I have a suspicion, boss, and I don't have proof yet, but I got ideas. What I need you to do before you do anything dumb, Sylvester, is you need to find out where they're coming from. Whether Marcus knows, someone else, I've heard there's some suspicions. You have suspicions. Nobody seems to fucking know anything. Find out. Where did they come from? Who triggered them? And what exactly are we dealing with? Are they trained? How long have they been in operation? How much experience do they have? If you go out there putting a target on your back, Sylvester, without knowing any of these things, you're going to lose your head. All right. To answer some of your questions, they have enough capacity to kill a Tremere whip. They have the capacity to suspicion on my part is that uh, they know vampires. They know who we are, where we go, our hangouts. And I would like to remind you that one part of William Mallet's little coterie of his own made it out alive. We never found his blood boy. Now, uh-huh. what if he was given a mission? Stay behind, find us, target leaders in the community, weaken us, and then Mallet has left town, was the plan. You think Mallet set hunters on San Francisco? Yes. (laughs) He's just like 100%. That is exactly what I think is happening. I think his plan was he was going to get a bunch of hunters in here as he left, as Marcus was declared prince, prince, and then he would be able to say, well, that didn't happen when I was prince regent. This is what happens when you don't go with the cam. This is what I think happened. Now, I don't think the burning of the Union Hall is a coincidence. I'm pretty sure the anti-Union movement in the city is that only started after. It's a gut feeling, but it's a feeling, and I don't have hard proof, but it's what I got. We trust our instincts. That's what we do. Lean into it. All right. So, I approve of getting everybody else out of the city. Leave me here. What I'll do is I've got a couple of folks organized into small units. Everything I do, they will watch my back. I will never be really alone. These these folks are going to be like gamekeepers. The park rangers we've got over in Golden Gate Park. Exactly. They see some poachers. What do they do? Now I'm going to have to arm them. I'll call in some favors. I'll do pull some strings. You've got to be careful in California, Sylvester. I know you've been away for a bit, but they have a lot stricter rules about weapons here than some of the places you've been in. But beyond that, we're not leaving San Francisco. We're going to change how we operate. We're not going to gather in larger numbers, and I'm going to have to have a talk with the bears who got a little too comfortable, especially with the Castro being such a safe place Hmm. for a while. But we're not leaving. Secondary thought. Bears kill those Nazi cops. What if it's retaliation? What if they're linked? It's entirely possible. Yeah. But, Sylvester, we're not operating without information. And you need to make sure you keep Marcus involved now that we're all on this grand adventure of the first San Francisco Vampires Union. She laughs and rolls her eyes a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, look, you know, I think it's a good idea. Not what I was expecting, but here we are. Yeah. But we have to work together, because remember the last time everyone split off, we ended up with the Second Inquisition. I gotcha. All right. So you keep me informed. Mm -hmm. You keep us informed. You get your cells 
operating and don't do anything stupid. I would never. Unless I tell you to, and then you can do all the stupid things you want to. Oh, great. Well, in that case, I'll let you get back to Oakland. (sighs) Have a good night. Yes, I'm going to go on a hunt. In a safer place. Talk to your boss. He's just going to get out, close the door firmly, and just (laughs) off into the shadows. You get out of the car and roll off into a shadow. It's still raining. There's a little bit of thunder in the air, but it's... You've always, as a gangrel, always been sort of the early warning system, right, for vampires in the area. That's what gangrel do, your your hunting instincts, your instinct for danger. And something is down here. You don't know where it is. You don't know who it is. But something feels wrong in the air. I'm absolutely going to pursue that. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to figure that out. So we'll leave you for the moment slipping into a shadow. Marcus and Katerina, you go back to the Haven? Yeah, that's the plan. Okay. So you go back to the Haven. Esmeralda and Jean are close behind. Esmeralda opens the door for you, and then the second door, and then the vault door, and her eyes are kind of lit up. She looks angry, but she also looks excited in a way. It's like, okay, targets, 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 targets. Not just walking up and down, actual targets. People to look for. Sorry about fuzzy boss, but oh, and her, she starts twitching her fingers and like clenching and unclenching in these sort of excited movements as she's pacing up and down. She can't stay still. All right, now that we don't have to worry so much about Cam and Mallet, we can actually do something. We can, I can get people. I've got contacts. Oh, hunts, hunts. Yes. What do we do? You were worked up pretty well there. Looks like you had all planned. Well, not all of it. Also, it's your place. But I don't have to waste so many resources on the territory anymore since we're integrating which is good, which is good because we don't have to patrol certain points all the time and I don't have to worry about Mallet and his stupid kids. Kids, kids are still around, yes, but they don't have him directing them. Although that idiot who's taken over, Curtis, dumb kid. Honestly, one of the dumbest Ventru I've ever met and I've met a lot of dumb Ventru. Same. All right, so... I need to figure out who these hunters are. But in the meantime, I think I'm going to focus on those cops. You got the list that I sent you? The ones who keep coming in? Not all of them are us. There's still those couple venture cops that come in through, but they've got humans in there. I don't know if they're hunter humans or if they're just humans they're agitating, but I want to focus on that angle for the moment. Sounds like a good plan. She smiles. Excellent. I got some work to do. She rubs her hands together and (laughs) departs gleefully. I wait till she goes and look at Jean. So I guess the question then is, is with the um, integration coming, what do you plan to do? Mm, I hadn't thought about it yet. Figured you'd still need, I don't know, your, I don't know union structure, if that's what you're going for, but you're going to need people to help. Sure. I mean, unions have paperwork too. <laughs> they do. The union structure is a lot different. There's no specific head. You got to understand that it's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. And the reason why it's going to make them uncomfortable is because most people are looking for a head. They're looking for a person to hold responsible, to blame, usually. It happens all the time in kindred society. People look for someone to blame. They look for a foe because it's something that they can bang off of and show other people that this person is wrong. It doesn't exist if we're all a union. And the other thing that's important to remember, too, is that 
what happened tonight is significant, not only in what was talked about with Sir Roger and Miriam and some of the rest of the folks there, but it was also important to remember who wasn't there for it and who didn't have any interest in it. That's important to remember too. People said volumes without even speaking. I honestly don't know how we, meaning Clan, Re- Clan Lasombra, all 13 of us, I don't know how we function in a society with no leadership, no main person to report to or to work with. That's my question. That was the whole impetus behind it. House Lasombra, Clan and all in San Francisco is going to have to figure out if it can work with the union. If it can't, then it can't. If you need top-down leadership because it's so ingrained in who you are as a clan, you may need to look elsewhere. Maybe that means that you become your own head of whatever it is that you need. But if I'm not willing to be the head of something, then it goes across the board. It's nice, actually. There's an awful lot of kindred in the city here that like to blame me for fucking problems. They're not going to be able to anymore. Must be nice getting that target off your back. The thing is, Gene, is as you know, it was purpose built. It did exactly what it needed to do. It fomented enough kindred on one side to oppose Mallet and deal with him. And now that he's gone, I'm done. Happily to. Hmm. Well, I don't think any decisions have to be made in one night. And, you know, House Lasombra in this particular city, the literal house of us, we're not exactly traditional Lasombra either. We've been in this town for quite some time, doing more untraditional things with an untraditional prince. Maybe we'll find a way to make things work. Maybe we'll be independents like the Hikata tend to be. But I don't see a reason to leave. You're not being pushed out. Let's be clear. No one's telling you to leave. We don't really fit with Cam territory anywhere anymore. We don't want to go back into that. But we also don't tend to be trusted by the Anarchs. Because of the whole Sabbat thing. Even though we personally... All 13 of us, we never went that way. But when you find a place where people will actually work with you, you tend to stay there. Yeah, I agree. So we'll be having a council meeting, she laughs, of all of us and figure out where things go. I lead the house but I don't make unilateral decisions. That's not how we do things either, but I'll keep you updated. And in the meantime, just give me paperwork and I'll be happy. <laughs> well, the structure of these hunters here or in the city, they're, they're not invisible either. They're gonna require the underpinnings of human society to work in and through while they do their job, which means they're gonna touch things. They're gonna touch things that are going to leave marks in places. And that could be paperwork. It could be ammunition sales. It could be chemicals. It could be all sorts of things. Permits. Gun permits are hard to get in this part of of California. See if they registered for anything here. And if they did, who approved them? Mm -hmm. So as far as I see it, you have a ton of potential paperwork. And now that Mallet is gone, this preacher that we know about... Pastor Easton. He is somebody who we could dig our proverbial paperwork clause into, right? Oh, yes. I was also thinking of having one of us uh, become a member for a bit. Yeah, I could see the potential in that. It might even be... It might even be a useful surveillance tool. The, the person who would do that, though, would have to be the, under the understanding that they become a rather immediate target. I wouldn't order anyone, of course, but, well, I think 
with our capabilities. Since obviously the Nosferatu can't be infiltrating anywhere. She laughs. I think we're the next best option. Religious organizations traditionally are a place where your clan does a lot of work. Oh, yes. And uh, there are a couple of us who have some experience. I'll just say that. Wonderful. Look forward to hearing what they find, what they dig up. I'll let you know, but uh, I've had some things in the works to talk to you about uh, in regards to that anyway. Just seems to be pushing matters further to the front with all that's going on. That's a nasty piece of work, that human. They call us monsters. They do. Sometimes for good reason. I suppose. I need to go check in with the family. Have a wonderful rest of your night. I'll meet with you tomorrow and let you know if we've discussed anything about uh, next steps. And in the meantime, sure. I'm going to meet with M from Nosferatu since he's since they're back in town. See if I can work with them on doing some digging. There are places in Nosferatu can go that most can't. Oh, yes. She smiles again, puts her jacket on. See you later. And slips out the door. So, Katarina, what have you been doing during this discussion of clan business? Oh, I went back upstairs. Oh, did you? Uh-huh. She, is, she, uh, is she still asleep? No, she's awake now. Oh, good. I don't know what you want, but you won't get it. Do not underestimate the things that I'm going to do to you. She looks a little anxious around the eyes, but she's... And she squares up her shoulders and just says, You can try. Just because I can. I'm, I'm going to use Dread Gaze on her. Okay. So uh, she's facing 10 dice, by the way. Yeah, that's not going to go super well for her. Yeah, she only got two successes, so I'm pretty sure she's fucked. Yeah, I have six successes. Yeah, she's... How does Dread Gaze affect her? Why don't you describe that? So Dread Gaze, if she could, crumple into a fetal position. They are frozen. They cannot move. They are utterly terrified. She breaks eye contact and tries to pull away, but she can't because she's chained to a chair. And you can see her trying to pull her limbs in tighter to her body, but she can't. And she lets out a little moan. And it's the first verbal sign of fear you've gotten from her so far. We are going to have so much fun. By the time that I'm done with you, you have things that I need and I will get them from you slow and painful and you will wish for death before we are done. I don't know how I could have anything that you want. I know. And that is what makes this sweeter. She tries to pull away so hard she tips the chair over. And there's a bit of a crack as she lands on her shoulder. Oh, good. So, I'll just drag the chair closer to me. And I will uh, do basically what I did to Monica and just crouch down and just look at her as she's laying on the floor in this chair. I hope that you don't like your fingernails. We will be taking them. She starts whimpering. I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want. I want to punish you for putting someone I love in danger. And more than that, I want you to be as far away as possible from your own mind as you can be. Now open your mouth. She's so terrified, she can't put up resistance. Good. And I will take a fingernail and just dig it into my palm. And I'm going to bleed. And I'm going to shove it into her mouth. Until she swallows. It's hard in the position she's in 
having fallen over. She's also super tense and freaked out. And you know how your body gets in fight or flight when you get very tensed up and everything is tight and it's hard to move. But she chokes and gags and eats your blood unwillingly. You are as good as proper, Dino. I hate you. I know. And we'll leave you there with Sophie for the moment. Rom the Shaman. Yes. You went chasing out after Jane, who left because she got bored. I immediately opened my phone and I dialed Eric and I just said two words that have already been implanted in his psyche. I said, Ixalan, Odo. Ixalan, Odo. And then I immediately went to the ship, where I assume, very soon, all of my ghouls will be, as is the plan of that, that particular, that particular phrase. You send your code phrase, and you get back to the ship, how do you get back there since Jane was your ride? Do you just walk in the rain? Well, I, I understand that recently um, Bird Scooters has pulled out of San Francisco, so I can't find a good scooter to scoot around in this town anymore. Not that it was very helpful with all of these hills and with people keep throwing them in the local lakes. But uh, jog, I guess. I'm going to jog at a moderate pace, a human pace. I can jog faster, but I'm gonna keep myself to a moderate jog. What was I wearing? Is it even appropriate jogging attire? I don't know. I don't I mean, care. it's Rom, so it might be. I'm jogging in flip-flops. I'm hardcore. Just flipping and flopping all the way down there. And at a moderate jog in flip-flops in the rain, it takes you 90 minutes. Ideal. Fine. That gives everyone time to get there. You get to the boat, to the Spear of Michael, and you see... Soaking wet. Yeah, soaking wet, but still hot, because, you know, you're part of the temple. And so you see Eric waiting at the end of the gangplank, and some of your ghouls are going up into the boat. There's a lot of people on this boat now. A lot. There's a lot of ghouls. Yeah. Rom has an ungodly amount of ghouls. He does. We'd like to remind everyone we've never defined the number, just an uncomfortable amount. (laughs) Which is why Rom is so tired all the time now. So there are a lot of ghouls on this on this boat. Um, Okay, I'm going to go ahead and gather them all in the main galley. Thank you all for being here. I really appreciate Each and every one of you, you do fantastic work. I apologize for the short notice. I hope I didn't pull you out of anything important, such as pastry baking or or anything else like that. All right, so we have a bit of a situation in town. I know, I know there have been other situations in town. So here's the deal. All right, we are just gonna step into a little bit more of a down low incognito mode. You all have your assignments. You all have the things that you are doing. And which by the way, I'm absolutely just so grateful for all of you. But we need to tone down the master Rom speak. We need to tone down some of the visits. I'm still going to be coming around, making sure that everybody is topped off and feeling good. But... But, Mas- uh, but Master Rom, but I, I don't know how to do that. I understand, and I hear you. I see you. But we have a bit of a threat situation. There are some individuals in the town that are currently um, looking to stir up trouble and eliminate some high-profile threats. So what we're going to do 
is not be a high-profile threat. We're going to be a low-profile threat. We're going to be a threat down low. That's what we're going to be. You know, we're still going to do everything that, that, that we do so well, but I just want everybody to know that it might be a little bit before we have another big get-together on the boat for the time being. So I'm going to ask everybody to stay in your respective communal houses. Keep Take care of your residence that you have there. And I will come around about once a week or so and check on you. As far as messaging, I want to keep it to an absolute minimum and emergencies only. Each and every one of you has been placed in your position because you are in supremely skilled at what you do. You have training. You have my absolute trust and faith in what you are doing. So do it with skill and independently. I will reach out as soon as I can. Until then, the boat will be mostly a ghost town until this threat has been secured. Now, do you have any questions, comments, sarcastic remarks, or anything else that you'd like to add at this time? There'll still be pizza, right? Eric says. God damn it, Eric. You beautiful fucking idiot. Yes, you all have you all have your own Cash App accounts. They're all being coordinated by Casper, all right? Just make sure you stay within the budgets that have been set out for the running of each of the recovery houses, all right? As long as you stay within those things, there's a normal Saturday night pizza fund, all right? I've already attached the $7.99 Domino's coupon. Casper just kind of leans in and says, um, but uh, Master Ron, what about uh, the network? Don't you need my help? Casper, you are the exception to this rule. All right, I'll be in contact with you. You're 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 a you're a special shiny golden pony boy, and I love you. All right, you're great. Okay, you're fantastic. You keep doing what you're doing. We will keep this network running for the larger collective here in San Francisco, which. It's quite good that we exceeded, by the way, our bounds and our mission for how far we were going to extend the network, seeing as that it looks like the territory has already expanded beyond what we originally outlined. Um, I do want to give Marcus... Anyways, you don't need to know all of this stuff. So, with that, um, if there's no other alibis, I just want to say thank you very much for attending this meeting. Uh... Turn two, just dismissed, post. When you said turn two, I half expected you to tell them to turn to a page in a particular book that you have written for your cult. <laughs> turn to Ram 3512. No. <laughs> we shall sing the psalm of the Hawaiian pizza. The ghouls are all kind of muttering to each other. And that that's a little odd because normally they're fairly calm and chill, but they seem anxious. Then what I'm going to do is project calm. <laughs> you can use your mesmerize powers. Uh, since it's humans, if it was against one or two targets, I wouldn't make you roll for it, but because you are attempting to mesmerize a bunch of them. Yeah, I just want like a little joyful buzz loop going on in their heads at, at least long enough to uh, enough of them to make the crowd calm down I don't think you can mesmerize all of them but yeah. you can mesmerize enough potentially so give me that roll okay so this is manipulation plus domination okay in the following order 27899 nice that's a lot of successes Okay, so you can't mesmerize a whole lot of people, but individually at a time, you make contact with, with the people who lead the houses, right? The people who are in charge of the houses. 
the housing managers yes the house ma- the house managers and by calming them mesmerizing them into more of a calm focused state the people who are around them the ghouls who are part of their their housing unit calm down a little bit more there's still a lot of anxiety running through but it's not the same kind of agitation because now oh my manager is calm so I, I don't have to worry so much. Yes. That kind of herd mentality, so to speak. Oh, I literally. love that about them. I love that for them. That's such good. I'm so happy for them going on this journey with me towards happiness and being fucking calm. The ghouls just sort of look at each other and the ma- housing managers nod at them and they all start in groups leaving so one house group leaves and then 10 minutes later another one leaves they stagger it so you don't have a flood of like 80 something people just heading off the ship of course and that leaves you on the boat with Catspur and the few ghouls you need to keep the boat running so let's check in with Alex you've dropped Annalise off (laughs) at Monica's house or did you no, I did. Just checking. There's yeah. a lot of places you could have dropped her off, so just checking. There are other places I would rather drop her off, but I was asked, so I will do it. So you drop Annalise off. She stares at you outside the car just, just for about 30 seconds. And she nods at what you don't know, and she goes into the house. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much that yeah mm-hmm. I'm waiting to see what Monica's gonna do but in the meantime um, I'm gonna text Jane and just ask her where she's at wait does she go by she or they them sorry uh, Jane uses both sets she's she they so either is okay. fine mm-hmm. okay. you get a text back it's very slow because Jane uses one of those old T9 texting phones because she uses burner phones and just says, at Frank's, more fun. Is it a party? I ask her. Of sorts. Want to come? Indeed. And I will head over that way. Okay. You head down to the Castro and in your Lincoln and the, the Castro has been quite a scene of delight and raucousness for the past few months ever since Frank moved in. It's still maybe a little uncomfortable for you going into Zimitsi territory, but you've been personally invited by Jane. And so you set that uncomfortableness aside a little bit. Ajax feels the vibe is off here, but he, being a professional, drops you off outside the club. He says... There's some weird shit around here. You have no idea. If you think what I do is weird. I don't want to know, Mix. I really don't. It's true, you don't. How about you go do whatever you want, and then I will message you when I'm ready to leave. I like this plan. This is a good plan. Let's do that. Okay. He literally zooms out of the, <laughs> out of the the district you could just see him going over the speed limit ajax has become a lot more sensitive to to things be, after becoming your ghoul and the castro feels very very uncomfortable for him for obvious reasons to you not right. to him but he is gone out and i will uh go in the club you go into the club And there's Jane drinking out of a glass, maybe? It wriggles a little suspiciously around the stem. Or maybe that's just a trick of the light, but you never know. I'll assume it's not. I mean, it's them. (laughs) And she raises a glass to you and says, Frank's out doing something. I don't want to know. You probably don't want to know. It's best not to ask. Yeah, it's either that or he's making sure his place is, is is secure as well. As well? Well, I mean, haven't you heard there's potential hunters? Oh, yeah, I know there's 
some of them going around. So I've heard. But uh, is there any reason why it should be tonight? Oh, apparently somebody died. I don't know who who it is. Uh, they referred to him as Fuzzy. I don't think I've ever met the guy. Oh, that's a shame. He used to come in here all the time. And she gestures towards a table where you can see a bunch of leather daddies. Big, burly vampires in very tight leather and harnesses and all sorts of things are carousing in a corner with uh, some drag queens who have very suspicious-looking high heels that appear to be actual heels. Uh, He was one of them. Uh, He was in here earlier tonight, Frank said. Mm, Did they come in the territory? That's not going to be good. That's what I heard. Yeah, they're in the Castro. Or they were. I don't know. Okay. Well, that's my party over. She downs the rest of the glass and sets it down. Hunter's coming in uninvited. We can't have that. Yeah, I mean, that's we're assuming that's... Here's the thing. Let me uh, inject some reality here, too, uh, besides rumor. First of all, I only know what two of them look like. They were sent here by Mallet. But we don't know if, A, they actually are hunters or if they are working for somebody else. Right. With everything being so unstable here, I don't know. Looks a little suspicious. But we'll see. This city has more chaos in a short amount of time than any city I have ever been in. Agreed. And for once, I didn't have anything to do with it. Really? Well, I mean, not by myself. Okay. That's what I thought. She brushes something off her hands and those very long, triple-jointed fingers seems to be her trademark. It's the one thing you haven't seen her change so far. And she rolls her neck back and says, I'm going to have to do some work tonight. I think Frank's going to want some shoring up of the territory then. This is our place. And by Mm -hmm. ours, I mean mostly Uncle Frank. But because it's his, it's also mine. So you're welcome to drinks on the house. We've got some lovely O-negative in tonight. If you prefer fresh, and she gestures up the stage and there's a bunch of contortionists doing some extremely impossible contortions. Fresh. Bagged, bottled, all certified clean. Um, Just, that's Frank's chair. And she points over to a literal bone throne with long claws sticking out in places. He's very proud of it. Don't touch it. I don't think anybody would want to. I'll just uh, hang out and keep an eye on the place while both of you are gone. Mm. Thank you. And she tosses you a coin this piece of metal that has the dragon symbol on it, but it's also got inscribed inside it. Um, It has a very peculiar symbol. It's all weird angles pointing in different directions. Says, that's mine. Anyone gives you trouble, some of Frank's ghouls might not know who you are. Just show them that. And I'll tell them you're allowed to be here. Just uh, make sure you're gone by about 3 a.m. That's not a hard ask. And they smile and slip out. So back at Mackay Gardens, Monica, you've finished cleaning up what little needs to be cleaned up. Vampires are fairly not neat, but they don't make as much of a mess as your kind clients tend to do. And the tables have been put away. The band has left. Chairs have been put back. Everything's in storage that needs to be in storage. The fish in the koi pond have been fed. And Chase is leaning against the door, swinging his keys. Time to go, my dear? Um, you said something to me last night that I think we need to talk about. Oh? You can go back home to Guam if you want to. I don't have to go with you. Yes, I do believe I said that. 
And she's going to cross her arms over her chest. Did I push us too far? No, I just thought that maybe if things were getting a bit too much for you, or I know you've been very stressed lately, a lot of anxiety around things that are happening in San Francisco, and, you know, maybe you feel like going home, but... Maybe you feel tied to me somehow, and if I can't go, you can't go. That sort of thing. Just letting you know, I'm not going to hold you to me all the time, if that's not what you want. You can actually give me a roll here. You can give me an insight roll. If I'm reading this, two out of three successes. Okay, so with two out of the three, there's something in his posture... That is unsettling you. Just, it's not quite combative, but it's very much, oh, you want to do this now? Hmm. I imagine that's not something she's seen often. Only maybe three times over the course of their relationship, and only one of them was directed at her. Ouch. So she's going to take a moment to take stock of that posture, visibly recognizing it, and she's just going to pull her arms closer around her chest. I did push us too far. He shrugs. In what way do you think you did that? She doesn't want to play this game with him. One, she can't survive it. Uh, She just doesn't have the emotional capacity to stay in the ring with him this long at that level. My stress and anxiety isn't just because of the... (sighs) My stress and anxiety isn't just tied to everything that's happening in the Bay Area, Chase. You are the one that is driving me up a wall. I've been crawling up the walls since the night after Valentine's Day. You've been intentionally dodging a conversation night after night, week after week. I don't know how you expect me to respond to that. What confrontation am I dodging exactly? Okay. So I didn't just push us too far. We're at the point of no return. Okay. I just need you to communicate with me. You want me to communicate with you. Okay. And she's going to take a step forward. She's going to uncross her arms and she's going to point a finger at his chest. I regret saying anything to you on February 15th. I regret putting you in a position to want me in the same way that I want you. And she's going to step in on again. And I regret the fact that I am so devoted to someone that is such a coward when addressing their own emotions they can't speak to the one person that would do anything for them. He tilts his head and he looks down at you. Those deep, deep green eyes. And he reaches out a hand and he cups your face. And he's going to use entrancement. I need a composure plus wits roll from you. I have a question. Can she choose not to resist? If you know that, uh, if you can feel that he's using it and you want to choose not to, I will let you. Yeah, I think she's going to double down. If she recognizes that that's what he is rousing his blood to do, she probably recognizes that ability. Um, She's going to double down on her own aggression and just submit to it. So you feel as you felt before a couple times when he's when he's used this you feel like you have to listen to him like everything he says is the most important thing in your world that he's the most important thing in the world to you and his other hand comes out and just gently strokes your face and he just says oh monica It's been so long. Sometimes I think you forget that I'm an elder and you are a child. And not only that, you are my child. And while I love you so very much, there are some ways I cannot allow you to speak to me. I think with just three very big, roomy brown eyes, she is going to nod. She is going to lean the left side of her cheek into that hand that is cupping her cheek. And she's going to say, 
I'm sorry. Please let me show you how sorry I am. And she's going to slip eight of her fingers, so everything except for her thumb, on the inside of his belt. And he smiles, and he leans in and says, Are you sure? And she nods. And you see just a bit of hesitation, and then he drops the entrancement. Are you still sure? She slaps him right there at that moment. The second the entrancement comes down, she's going to slap him with her right hand, and then she's going to try to follow that up immediately with a kiss. He grabs you by the back of the neck and pulls you in. And just before he meets your lips, he says, Mine. And that is where we will leave this episode. (laughs) Thank you all for joining us for this very interesting night in San Francisco. Hope you will tune in next time to see where this all could possibly go. Thank you and good night.